This is our project, Reframing Yoga. I'm here today with Craig, as always, and we have a special guest, Beth. She is my super dear student, uh, has been practicing this method for a few years now. For how long, Beth? Three a little years. over three Look years, that. yeah. <laughs> That's sweet. Uh, welcome, hope you enjoy, and we'll be just having a very sweet, nice and casual conversation about yoga and maybe discovering some new ways for you to reframe, reframe your understanding of this art. Welcome. Hey, Francisco. Good to see you. Hi, Good Beth. Hi, nice to be here. Both. Yes, thank you. So How did you like our last, our, our last episode, Craig? Yeah, I, I mean, Stephen is such a good friend and um we always have fun it's interesting because i think me and steven I, i'll call it a love language we have a certain love language that um francisco you you enjoy as well which is just talking shit to each other and uh it, it's funny um like not everybody gets that i had a friend um in boulder a few years ago and I was trying that language with him and it wasn't working and I, and I first realized that like it, not everybody gets that and back home like that's how all of our friends like we just talk shit to each other all the time that's how we showed our love so Steven's one of those guys and I always enjoy um hanging out with him and his perspective and and I thought the to reframe we using different reference points, I think just clarifies this whole thing. And in the, in the current training we're in, Beth um, has shared quite a lot. Um, obviously, Francisco, you know her history, and it's been great to hear the transformation, the, the things, Beth, that, you, that you've been learning on your path. And in particularly, you know, the things that were done uh, before or, or sort of the patterns that were established through your um, you know, adult life, through uh, trying to care for yourself, the yoga practice or whatever else was going on. And, and I think it'd be nice to kind of uncover that today to see what were the things that really clicked in Caillou and why is it that the Caillou is um, helping you um, in whatever way. So perhaps Beth, maybe you give us a little background. Uh, where did you start out? What, what sort of things happened in the early years that led you down this path? <laughs> Beth, uh, yeah. how did you like our eloquent Craig today? Oh, he's always so eloquent. <laughs> he's got that, you know, radio announcer voice. It's so lovely. <laughs> but uh, I think Craig is absolutely correct. Uh, and me too. I would love to, to get started hearing it from you. Uh, there's a fine line when you teach using properly other students' stories to help new students to upgrade their understanding without the old students to feel exposed. 
And I right. think we both have been navigating that line very well. And I think your participation and everything you've said so far was absolutely uh, helpful to absolutely everyone. The mm -hmm. teachers, the experienced teachers in this training were able to uh, get a new perspective in regards to the way I, I usually do things in class. But the new students, the future te teachers that are in training for the first time now, I think your presence is one of the reasons the, the training got so so nice and so effective to them. Well, thank you so for that. Thank you for that. You know, our I, stories are just our stories and, you know, they don't even to our own selves seem that remarkable, you know, but then when you share them with students, you start to realize that they're very meaningful. And I think that's pretty cool. It, it's super cool. In the beginning, I felt the same way too. I don't have a story. I, I'm just some guy. <laughs> and uh, what's cool about the method is it sort of unwinds the time and you go back and you're like, wait a minute, I actually do have a story to share. Um, and um, anyways, it, it's super cool how, how uh, you allow that process in the training, Francisco. I think a lot of people are caught off guard by the theme of sharing stories about the theme of interpersonal skills, communication skills, and being on a, a training with however many hundred other folks and, and being able to express ourselves or story. It, it's just super powerful. And I think, you know, let's, um, I hope the listeners of this really get a feel for that um you know so anyways Beth all right Beth. <laughs> so like my story starts when I was five years old and um you know I know Francisco you had that shot in the hip at a young age and I fell out of a moving car at a young age at five and you know I think when you get shot there's like there's an obvious trauma there and in my case, it was not obvious. I fell out of the car. My mom was pulling off out of a parking lot onto a four lane highway. And I had, I had been allowed to close my door by myself. And clearly I did not do a good job of it. And I fell out of the car as she was pulling onto the highway. And the story I heard for years, she would tell this story. I turned to yell at Beth for making so much noise in the back seat, and she wasn't in the car. She was running after the car, screaming bloody murder down the highway. What? <laughs> <laughs> and, and she didn't even take me to the hospital because there was no, I was in a winter snowsuit. There was no scrapes. Everything seemed fine. And um, a lot of my memories in my childhood after that are of pain or are non-existent. Um, so I've been dealing with pain my whole life, but it just wasn't my life, you know? So it didn't seem remarkable to me. <laughs> um, you know but that? I, yes. Right there at this very same spot, in a way. Uh, today, my, as you know, my birthday happened this week and we will have a party to, to, tomorrow night. Uh -huh. And uh, it's a Halloween party, so lots of kids and customs, and and there is a 
custom contacts for kids and for adults. It's going to be fun. Mm -hmm. But my dad is actually coming here and he just got to Sao Paulo right now and we are having dinner tonight. And it's so funny because we have a great relationship. But for many, many years, I heard him, I've heard him say, well, the whole problem is that he found a way to be shot. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, I grew up hearing, listening, that it was my fault. <laughs> right. I didn't close the car door well enough. <laughs> exactly. Uh, okay, thank you. <laughs> So you know, a, it, it's not funny. supposed to be a big deal it, it happened big deal yeah, yeah. Fun, right and that's where right all those restrictions those those workarounds that our bodies create for us to like keep moving forward in our lives you know i always i'm also a healer i work in energetic healing and i always say to my clients you know the body is always like oh new normal cool okay i'll work with that Oh, new normal. Okay, I'll see what I can do with that. Oh, new, you know, until we're so bent out of shape and there's no room left to like, what is this new normal? Oh my gosh, my head, my eyes gonna have to turn to the back of my head. <laughs> but, but so I spent my life sort of looking for ways to help myself with this pain. I remember as a kid, like I would bend over like to reach something on the floor and my back would go out and I'd literally land on my face on the floor. Like just my back was not a safe place. And I was thinking about it this morning, you know, we've talked a lot about squatting in our training. And mm -hmm. I was thinking about how I've always squatted to do things on the floor to pick things up because it was safer for my back to go down into a squat than to fold forward. Um, so I thought that was kind of an interesting revelation this morning I had. Anyway, we find workarounds constantly and everything you think about and how, how am I gonna pick up that box and move it there? How am I gonna like get that bag of chicken feed out of my car and into the bin so that you know 50 pounds of, like everything in my life is figuring out how to navigate my body um, and when there's chronic pain, there's even more navigations that are required. But I did find yoga. I was fascinated by yoga since I was a kid. And I don't know how I knew about yoga, except that I went to the library a lot. And I probably started taking books out on gymnastics or dance and then found yoga that way. But I was probably about 10 or 11 and like reading books about Indian yogis pulling cords through their nose and stuff I just remember that that image is really strong but I I got into the healing arts I've you know I've done lots of massage and craniosacral therapy and polarity therapy I've had three or four rounds of rolfing in my life those intensive 10 session rolfing packages trying to fix my body and um, nothing seemed to work. And I did yoga for about 10 years. I found, when I moved to Asheville, I found a, an Iyengar teacher that I studied with for about 10 years in back care, specifically back care. And um, I know, Francisco, when I first met you, I told you that, you know, 10 months of Cayute had done more for my body than 10 years of back care yoga. Astounding. Yeah, sorry yeah. for that. 
<laughs> you know what? I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry because I have a good like comparison now of like that work. This didn't work, and this does work. And um, you know, I, I have a I'll language very... to speak to my students who have a yoga background. I, I will be very there. honest. Very honest. Uh, I am sad because for me, Mr. Iyengar's work is brilliant. For me, this man was a genius, a living genius. Uh, being very honest and very, very, very mindful because I've reflected about this a lot. I just don't think it's a method because it's not doable to duplicate because people try to duplicate things they did he did but actually they are not the same geniuses well and we it, duplicate things from our own perspective right our own filters and that's the beauty of the method those 100 class plans that keep us on track that spiral and work through the body that you know, I can look at I can look at my classes and I can say, oh, God, I hate those stand. I don't want to do stand, but you know what? <laughs> I'm gonna do it because it's the next one in line. And I yeah. think it keeps us as as and practitioners I, and as and students, as teachers, really online. Many of my many of my uh, decisions, options, choices, and lots in regards to my thought process were chosen carefully because I've seen, I've observed, I've analyzed many bodies, uh, many yogis, regular students, teachers, yogis, people dedicating their lives to whatever they were practicing. And after seeing and analyzing it all, uh, I've made these decisions. I've came to these conclusions. So I didn't want to make the same mistakes. And I don't think he made mistakes, but I think the interpretation of his work has been questionable in many ways. But not only his work, many other great, fantastic teachers were misunderstood in many ways. And this is this was one of the main reasons why I've made my decisions the way I've made them. That makes good sense to me. Yeah. yeah having those, having a, so, a framework. Yeah. I, I wanted you, Beth, <laughs> as well as Craig, to be able to duplicate not my work, but my results. So this is what I wanted. I wanted you with your story and Craig with his story to be able to uh, deliver the same results to your students. So I wanted you, have, you to have a path to, to use. That was my main thing. And yes, you are not handcuffed. You have to use that uh, series of sequences as a path. You can, if you want, but then, you got to bring them all to life. You, you have to give your own story a different perspective to each one of those things. And in a way, they 
help you to be on the path. But at the same way, at the same time, they allow you to experience the path and to describe and express the path with the uniqueness of your own story and personality. And that is what I, I think works best. And eventually you will uh, break free from them in a sense. And you might feel that it's time to explore on your own. And even that I think it's great because most of my teachers, they do that, but then eventually they see that, well, you know, there was a structure around here that I'm actually missing. And when you work, and I do fortunately work with lots of very, regardless of their ages, very mature and dedicated teachers, they get it. Mm -hmm. So I'm super pleased with that. You know, and for me as a newer yoga teacher, I mean, I never expected to teach yoga. Honestly, that was the furthest thing from my mind. Nor did I. <laughs> I think that's the, the thing for most of us. <laughs> and having this structure of the sequences was very reassuring um, because to just be creating um, sequences for out of thin air with my limited um, experience as a yoga teacher um to, to have that structure that what i think of them as a road map you know you look at a map and there's a lot of roads on the map but there's destinations that you're going to and i see each shape as a destination on the on our map of that sequence for the day and there are slightly different ways to get there um different slightly different angles maybe we use the bolster in a slightly different way or but the roadmap is there to follow at the very beginning mm -hmm. at the very beginning uh i thought what do i lack the most <laughs> that was my <laughs> first thought what do i lack the most and then i found myself absolutely blown away with the fact that what i lack the most is internal rotation so virasanas internal rotations and the natural unfolding consequence of internal rotations of the the thigh bone you have the forward flexion so there is no such a thing as a healthy forward flexion without the internal rotation mm. and i didn't have any of those and then I broke my brain in pieces and I squeezed and I did everything that I could to understand how to get there. And I've seen, at least in my body, but then I've seen that as a actual uh, undeniable truth to most of my students, internal rotations will never exist unless you have external rotations. Mm. So there is a step wow. one that has to happen before you get into step two. So, and that's why between class number 61 and 65, you have that as the core work. Mm. And actually it's sort of, a, it starts around 56. And it goes all the way up to 70. 
but the core is between 61 and 65. Hmm. And that those were actually the first classes designed. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And so, then you went out from there. Yeah. So for me, it's <laughs> what the fuck do you need? What the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> squeezing, squeezing, squeezing. And then I said, that's it. This is what I need. This is this is what I really need. And then how do I get there? How do I get there? Took me 60 classes, 55 at least. Yeah. And then I was able to approach some of that. But nowadays, if somebody asks me, well, what would be the best representation of this method? What would you use as a class to teach if you have the equipment? And nobody in the room knows you or this method. Go straight 63. 63. I'm going to remember that. Yeah. Go straight. <laughs> Look at Craig. Craig is right. I'm writing that down. Yeah. I started with 34 when I walked into Tucker's class. He was doing a workshop, like a two-hour intro to joint and fascia. It was it? Nourish joints and fascia. And I thought, <laughs> my joints hurt. What do I have uh -huh. to lose? And uh -huh. I've, known, I've known Tucker since he was in high school. He used to uh -huh. come to the contra dances and square dances that I called when he was in high school. So I've known him forever. And uh -huh. um when he posted on Facebook that he was doing this workshop and I'd fallen away from the Iyengar and started doing yin, um, mm -hmm. which was, I had an effect. open mind to, <laughs> to, uh, to be doing, there you go, <laughs> to be doing uh, some yoga. But that was, he was in the thirties at that point in the class. Yeah. In and the I walked out of that class. I knew, I knew probably 20 minutes in that this was something really different uh -huh. and I had some severe foot issue at that point I was turning my left ankle over and over and over and over again and I'd been to I don't know about seven or eight different foot specialists who all just wanted to look at my foot and I'd say well what about my hip what about my hip and they'd be oh I know hypermobile foot let's do some surgery we'll scrape that arthritis out of there I'm like no and then another one a chiropractor who specialized in feet wanted to take needles and stick them in the outer edge of my foot to create scar tissue to firm up the hypermobility that was there. And uh -huh. I was like, yeah, it's hypermobile on this side, but it's really tight on the inside. And he's like, no, we just have to tighten up the outside. And I was like, uh-uh, no. And after that first class, Francisco, I walked out of the classroom and I would say that the foot pain was about 70% better. Didn't quite stay that high right away. But then also that follow, that was a Thursday night. See how memorable it is, right? Right down to the night. And I went to the movies the next day with a friend. And it's one of these movie theaters where you, you order pizza and you eat food and you always forget something, you know, and somebody has to jump up and get more napkins or whatever. And I was like, Johnny, jump up that night. I was like, <laughs> I'll go. I feel great. I'll go. No, you sit down. I'll take care of that. And then the follow that weekend, Saturday and Sunday, working in my yard, and I have a big vegetable garden and a lot of yard to take care of. I'm walking around going, I feel really good. 
how is it possible that I feel this good? <laughs> and it, you know, it literally changed my life, my approach to everything. Everything felt possible. Like I was 56 at the time and I was sure I was just, you know, downgrading. I had yeah. started redesigning my whole garden to be raised beds that I could stand at. When we because merge, I was afraid I wouldn't be able to keep gardening in my old age. Yeah. Now I'm like, I, oh, I've got these beautiful raised beds, but I don't need them. <laughs> well, you know, when you merge two words or two ideas, I would say, like, yes, ideas, when you, or concepts, when you merge chronic pain in yogi, or yoga teacher, you will probably have the most misunderstood phenomena uh, that sticks around in regards to bodies, movement, and pain management. Mm -hmm. And most yoga teachers, when they do have pain, and uh, you know, I, I believe that eventually they all will have, unless they study with you both. Uh, <laughs> uh, they're just totally misunderstood. They don't have the pain they think they have and they are not managing what they think they're managing. They're managing, what they're managing actually is a way for them to foster the pain in their systems. And they're using points of view that have nothing to do with yoga. Mm. And which is also sad because that shows a total lack of understanding of yoga itself. And I think that is just super sad to say almost nothing, it's sad, it's deeply sad. And, and as you just mentioned, as you just shared, in a sense, it's easy to fix. It was a quick, I mean, I know it's, you know, we're looking for long-term results and I always um, counseled new students about, you know, this is a long game plan. You know, we mm -hmm. might feel good right away, but it's, it's we're not gonna fix everything overnight. We didn't get this way overnight. And it is about maintaining a, you know, a level of ability mm -hmm. of uh, mobility in our bodies and returning to that. Mm -hmm. I have an old neighbor who lives right behind me. He's about 80 and mm -hmm. I've watched him. I've been in this house for 18 years. So I've watched him for a long time and he just wears stiffer and stiffer shoes and he can't, he's, his balance is bad and he worries, you know, he's out walking all the time. Um, last summer and, and I, he'd say, I'm just not getting any better, Beth. I'm not getting any better. I walk every day. I'm not getting better. And I look at him and I go, well, are you getting any worse? And he'd be like, well, no, not really. And I'm like, wow, hey, isn't that spectacular? <laughs> and it's such an interesting concept to yeah. bringing to our students this idea that, you know, if we're not getting worse, isn't that fantastic? Over a period of two, five, or ten years, that is mind blowing. Yeah, 
If and you most of us that, get better. Yes, right? we do. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Between my, I would say between 45 and 50, the improvement I've seen in my body is just remarkable. Well, I just turned 60 and I feel better than I did in my 30s, maybe even in my 20s. I had a baby right before I turned 40, my one and only child at 40. And my, I did yoga all through the pregnancy and afterwards. Uh, that was part of that 10 year stretch. And um, it was a hard labor, you know, it really affected my back. It was back labor for 23 hours. Her poor little head against my sacrum, I thought I was gonna explode. Um, and I think that my work with Kayut Yoga at this point, three and a half, almost three and a half years has really shifted my sacrum to a place where it finally feels okay again great Beth yeah. how is the training going how's this training for you how did oh, you I like it? it I really am loving the theoretical um work that you're able to share with us I love being able to go back and listen to it again um really I love taking notes and I love being very refined in my note taking and having the recording has been great um, the piece of this is, is really being in the room with you. Oh, um, yeah. And, you know, and, we're, we're as close as we can get at this point, which is great. Oh, yeah, but, well, my, dream, my dream for <laughs> you is that we keep doing theoretical stuff online and that we do some of those, um, like the continuing ed classes that we were doing in Boulder, where we mm -hmm. really come together for three intensive days or whatever and really pick apart a certain aspect. I loved those as well. So nice. that's my yes. dream that you'll do both of those. We will have something next year. That I promise that to you. And yeah. how, how, what about the 200 days practicing? How do well, you, you feel know, that? That's been pretty, well, for me, and I've talked to a lot of other students who are like overwhelmed by that. Uh -huh. I had a really good personal practice already. I was taking class with Tucker, I still do every morning, Monday through Friday at nine o'clock. I take a class with Tucker online. And then I teach, we teach the same class, the same, we both teach the same plan each day. Um, so that's part of my preparation to teach, taking class with him. And then I was, um, when I got onto the online school, when I signed up for the training, I started going through your therapeutic groups that were on there, um, going through the pain management group. Is that what you called it? I can't remember. One was like yeah. for people that sit too much and another, uh -huh, uh -huh. but I, I started doing those in the evening, one each day. Um, so when I got into the training, when the training started, I just replaced that evening practice with the one through a hundred that we've been going through. Um, so I've been able to keep up really well with it. Um, nice. So that's been, that's been nice, but I think having um, that really strong personal practice going and my personal practice, Francisco, is mostly just doing class plans. Like mm -hmm. I, I, I do legs up the wall. Sometimes I'll sit in Varasana because I need that, uh, but I don't want to, as you say, burn the tools. So I'm, I'm careful about um, doing that too much. I really like the security of sticking with the class sequences uh, because I know that they're so well thought out. And, you know, I, with pain, I, 
sometimes in the middle of a sequence, I'll be like, oh, my low back, ah, ah. But almost every time, by the time I get up from Shavasana, it's all worked itself out. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's part of the, the ma- magic, the brilliance, the thoughtfulness that's in this method is that it really works itself out through all the pieces of the practice. So that's why Great. I like to stick to the plan. <laughs> and how are you enjoying that, Craig? Uh, the 200 days of practice? Uh, I think that the, the training overall, because it's yeah. a very yeah. different model in yeah. the 200 days. Yeah, so... <laughs> It's amazing how far you've come, Francisco, in refining the delivery of the information. <laughs> and it, it, it's, it's, I don't, so I, I took my first training in 2015 in Hotchkiss. Mm-hmm. And um, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know really why I was there. I remember the first time you gave us the, the manual and you're like, look this over tonight. <laughs> And I was looking at it. I was like, I don't know what I'm looking at. I, I have no idea what any of this means. And, um, you know, I guess the, the, the thing I remember the most is just the sort of emotional connection there and the thought that I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what's going on. This, this Brazilian guy, I don't know. He's pointing out all this shit that I do that... I don't know why I'm doing it. Uh, and um, anyway, so the in-person in, in those days, it was much more of an experiential, emotional sort of experience uh, that was super valuable. Um, we did have a training in Boulder, uh, January 2020, where... Um, I, I started to really notice the shift in the presentation, more theoretical, more precise, uh, more stuff that I haven't heard before. And in this one, it, it's just that times 10. It's just, you know, a lot of the stuff, uh, I mean, there's been a lot of stuff I haven't heard before, uh, but a lot of stuff that I've, I've heard before, but I'm getting it in a different way. And I think we say you get it in the bones. Like it's not just in the head anymore. It's like getting deeper and deeper and deeper uh, so that it is part of me. And I'm not kind of rambling if I'm explaining something from my head. It's like I know it in my bones. Like it's it's clear. So I, I think that's been mostly uh, what I've been experiencing kind of more in the theoretical um, part of the training. Um, I will say though, too, that we had our halfway point last weekend and we all got to practice together for the first time. And I'm telling you, I I felt like I was right there with you again in in the room. I, we were doing strap work and I was so zoned out and, and, and relaxed. I'm doing strap work and I'm, I'm, my leg is falling. I was just in such a great place. And I was like, gosh, I haven't had that in in quite a long time. Because I typically um, don't, I'm not led in my practices. I I do it on my own. Uh, During the training, though, I 
I kind of split it up. Maybe half the time I'll take the the online video once again, which is amazing to be led. And that that's another thing that uh, I don't think is quite clear in the beginning of this path. The differences between being led and doing it on your own. But I think it's a cool um, progression to see if you can get the same flavor on your own that you would being led. So anyways, the, the 200 days of, of practice, um, the thing that comes to mind the most is learning that practice doesn't mean one hour very rigidly doing class. And we talk about this in the training, which is, you know, discipline, like you have to respect what's happening in your life. And um, so that's even more evident to me. And I've allowed myself to uh, not be too rigid with my practices. Maybe like, for example, this morning, I didn't sleep that well last night. We have a practice for today, but I just put my legs up the wall for uh -huh. 10 minutes and that was my practice this morning and i'm okay with it and ideally i'll go back after work today and i'll do a little bit more and explore a little more so um in that as well i when i when i was in north carolina i wasn't practicing much my lower back pain came back all this stuff came back and then a couple practices deep practices when i got back it all went away and so that kind of in and out, life takes over, yoga takes over. It's this constant thing that I've been experiencing. And it, it's every time I come back, I'm like, holy shit, I need this so much. I need this so much. Um, and uh, so anyways, I've really been enjoying it. The format is, is amazing. Uh, and and Beth, you could probably agree, the last few sessions, Francisca has been much more uh, clarifying with the importance of just, I can see all of your eyes. I can see you, Beth, right now. And like the connection is still there. And like, you don't think about that in normal, at least I don't in my work life where I'm on Zoom all the time, but it, it <laughs> matters, it matters. That could, interpersonal, really yeah. And that's one of the things I love too about this training is that, well, I think your trainings in general, speaking about the interpersonal skills that we need as teachers. And that's so important. I've done since starting Paiute, I've done a couple other yoga teacher trainings because I, that's the way I roll. I just wanna be able to speak the language of the people that are coming into my class and understand when another yoga person says, well, what's different about this? Like, I want to be able to understand what's different. So, um, but in those other yoga teacher trainings that I've done 500 hours of other yoga teacher trainings um, since the pandemic began, um, it, it, they never talk about these interpersonal skills like we do. It's all about the poses. It's all about um, getting students to that idealized perfect shape and um it's so not what we're about and i really appreciate having that contrast um in my own mind as i work with people i think that's what blows everybody's mind in the trainings new to it 
Like I thought this was going to be completely different. And now we're talking about eye contact. We're talking about the tone of the voice and how that changes things. <laughs> and it's just, it's such a powerful tool in life. I mean, yeah, the, the practice itself uh, is, is amazing. But as a teacher, I think we get exposed to so much more uh, to, to enhance our lives. Um, it, it's, it's just, it's incredible. <laughs> and not only, and not only uh, like build better relationships with people, but know ourselves better. I think that's probably so, one of the guys, biggest I, things. I get it. You both love it. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, another question, because this will help me in the future as well. How do you like the audio messages and what have you felt in regards to the change between class number 100 and class in back to class number one how was it for you both well i have been beautifully listening to them and actually taking notes in my um, practice journal around them um i like the shift i, I like um Sometimes I think you, you explain what were, you know, each of the pieces of the class. And I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, I don't need to know that. You know, I'm looking at my drawings of the class. So I, I have that. But, um, but to the pieces where you talk about ideas of how to focus in just the practice itself or in an individual parts of the practice, I find really, really helpful. And I've been finding as I teach these classes, um, I go back to those notes that I've taken and I see what was he asking us to look at here? How can I bring that to this particular group of students that I'm teaching today? Um, and that's been, that's, I feel like it's a, it's giving me a nice resource for future have, teaching. I think I mentioned this to you before, Francisco, but um, I really have been enjoying them because they're, it's almost like little stories. And I've been picking up more of the, like, like you said, Beth, I, I'm not, I'm not as focused on the objective uh, points, but the story, the tone of voice, the, the big picture, what is, what did he just say over that 10 minutes that right. isn't specific? Uh, and that, and big picture, I mean, that's another, um, interesting concept in this sort of method. Like you can get so worried about little things and you lose that big picture. Like, what am I actually trying to do in this class here? Uh, so anyway, just going back to like the tone of voice and developing the skills to tell a story. That's what I've been getting out of it, Francisco. And, and um, anyways, it, it, it's, and so Francisco used to send the Boulder team messages in this way. Uh, and that's where I would take tons of notes. All of my class plans have like three different versions on them. Um, you know, before, before the pandemic and stuff, the flavor of what we were doing, I was talking to a student the other day, the flavor of what we we're doing was entirely different than what we're doing now because the times have changed it's not the same world it's not the same necessity 
we all need in our practices. So I, I, I laugh because I look at some of those old notes and I'm like, uh, I don't think I'll go that direction today. <laughs> <laughs> so the two of you, what would you like to say to a person that is just getting started in the method, in this practice, in this teachings? What, what do you think, Beth? What do you feel that would be really impactful, helpful? Uh, yeah, maybe what would you do differently from the very beginning with this practice? Do you mean as, as a teacher or as um, someone who's practicing? Like as... I don't think there is, a, for me, there's no difference because <laughs> if you do practice, just practice, right. there's no just there. Right. Uh, and if you're a teacher, then you gotta be so in love with the practice. That is basically the same thing. It's just, you know, different mindsets yeah. at certain points. Well, I think I'm always talking to people about um, the importance of just calming everything down. And, and that's, you know, when Craig was talking about being led through a practice, I'm really in love with being led through the practice. Like I did, I can lead myself through the practice, but there's this concept of holding space for people, like creating the container that holds space for what we're all going through in the world right now. And I think that's one of the reasons that our classes on Zoom have been so successful because there is this connection and this holding space and yet we're still in our own homes that are cozy and comfortable. Um, but finding ways to um, just calm everything down and and the way that we work in this practice, this sort of intensity, this flexing your foot fiercely and strongly and everything is engaged and functioning there and you're there and then let it all go. And that's such a lesson for how we just have to deal with stress in our lives. We're in it, we're in the middle of it, it's big, it's and then, just let it all go. Because that's where the success in not getting stuck in that stress response is. And to me, that's a big piece of what we're doing for people. And I think something that people somehow have to be led to, to understand that that's, that's what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would, I would totally agree with that. I mean, the first thing that came to mind was learn how to relax. The thing I, even in the beginning, when I did the first training, it wasn't super clear to me as it is now that the main, the main thing we're after is to balance your nervous system. So I would say to a new person exploring this is place more value or move in the direction where you're valuing your nervous system, <laughs> your, your, um, your ability to relax or your ability from a very heightened state, excited state to be able to just flip on the relaxation, uh, relaxation mode. Um, we get, typically we get so caught up with our hips and our shoulders and our necks and our pain and everything else. And that seems to be the most common focal point. Um, sometimes I'll see students that are like, yeah, I'm here to just be calm, but that's, you, or, or, you know, that sort of 
flavor, but it's, it's rare. So at least in, in the last, you know, year or so, since the pandemic started, I've placed in myself and in my teachings much more emphasis on, on that. That calm, yeah. Definitely. That's cool. That's cool. Uh, Beth, yeah. how's the pain going? You know, I'm constantly surprised that, you know, there's pain. There's still stuff there. There's layers that I haven't gotten to. And that's another kind of interesting thing that I think it's important for people to understand that we're mining out the old junk, you know, there's layers. And I often will use this analogy with my students when we're talking. Mining out the old, old junk. junk. I really but, like you know, that. That's super cool. Yeah. Francisco, you can't start using that. You can't uh, start using that. I, I, I love, Beth, that you're bringing new vocabulary new here. Vocabulary. So here's what I, here's I what will. I will. That's no mine. <laughs> Do you have a closet in your house where you shove stuff that uh, you don't know where to put? You, broken stuff, you know, you got that shit closet, right? And it's all in there. And as long as the door is closed, you don't think about it. It's not a big deal. Ah, no problem. But the only way we get to deal with it is we get the flashlight out and we go in there and we see what's in the back of the closet. And that's what this practice is like. It's shining a flashlight into those, those places where we've stuffed stuff, that stuff's got my, piled on my top oldest, of My oldest possession that I don't really care about that I still have is yeah. back there. Yeah. <laughs> those worthless antiques. Yes, that's beautiful. That's beautifully said, Beth. But so, we're shining a flashlight. Then we can go through it and we can say, oh, yeah, look at that old thing. I don't need that anymore. Throw it out. You know, but then there's stuff that has to adjust around what we've thrown out. So I find when I get to a new layer in my old hip that sometimes my knee hurts. Is it because I've hurt my knee? No, it's because my knee's adjusting. And my pelvis has always done that sort of, you know, drop, it'll drop on one side. And so my tailbone is always sort of somewhere other than the center. But about a month ago, the skin over my tailbone started hurting. It ached, it hurt to touch it for about a week. But it was because my pelvis had shifted into a more harmonious position, but my skin was catching up with the process. So to me, that's sort of an interesting thing to share with students that these pains that come up, these sensations, these aches are not necessarily a bad thing, but a reshuffling of the body coming to a new, what it's, it's new normal to adjust to again, right? But it's a better yeah. normal. <laughs> it's a much better normal. That's for sure. <laughs> that's for sure. So, Craig, how do you feel about the reframing of today? I mean, it, I think it's getting better and better, Francisco. Sweet. Yeah. Um, I, I, um, I just hope we can really educate this lens that you've created for all of us, Francisco. Um, I mean, it, as you say, and, and it's funny because in the beginning, a lot of people that get very enchanted by it think it's magic. Yeah. You know, they're like, how does this guy, what, what is, he's, he's got some spirit, 
magic or something. <laughs> yeah. And what's amazing, it's it it's so simple. It's so simple. It's just we got to get out of our own way. We have to um, see see these patterns that, that maybe we beauty. didn't even establish. Or we didn't the, establish ourselves. Mm -hmm. That is the beauty of the the process, and that is the beauty of, of education. Uh, it's very powerful and magical. Although the teacher rarely does anything, there is an energy you just put out there, but. It's a process of, it, it might be even more mystical because it's a process of revelation. But I can't, uh, it's, it's you, it's Craig that in essence was an excellent teacher. It's Bath that was absolutely ready to get rid of all those layers of pain and discomfort and uncertainty and that was absolutely ready to be a mindful and uh, powerful teacher because she comes from this background of pain and lack of success in regards to her own pain and my work was not that much if you really think through uh I mean, yes, it's easy for me to say, okay, Beth, just, you know, two right and one left and then keep going for half an hour and you will get there. But it's in fact up to her to turn and to go and to time. And it was up to you to be willing to get these involved with the process, Craig. And, uh, and Beth have seen the super sweet and light side of things because <laughs> she's been presented to, to all this uh, from super kind hands. So, uh, um, Tucker. Tucker was there, yeah. uh, very highly talented, uh, skillful, and despite of his fairly young age, able to act in a very mature way when facing such a new concept. And that is quite rare. Uh, Craig have seen so many things and so many people around his uh, hometown coming in contact with this work and not connecting, not moving, not being ready to leave their discomforts behind not being ready to change their mindset. Uh, so when people are in fact ready for, it's my job is the easiest one and, and, and it's definitely the most re rewarding one. Uh, well, I had been opening lots of doors for years, you know, yeah. and there wasn't anything there for me, but I opened this door and, um, and I was ready. And I and think that's it. Sometimes students come to us and they're not ready for this new mindset. They're not ready to let go of the old patterns, the old habits, and um, or they're not good at thinking long range. They want a quick fix. You yeah. know, they'd rather go get surgery or a pill. And exactly. Um, so that's not me. Uh, for me, Craig, it's mainly about accepting other people's timing. 
or lack of it. <laughs> and, and at the same time, it's, I don't know. I think everybody should practice yoga. And I think all practices will be great. Uh, I'm not the standing alone and having the absolute truth in my pocket. Although what we can do with this work is we, we can be very effective with lots of people. We have a better reach, let's say. Yeah. And, uh, and because we, we play in such a conservative manner, we also make much less mistakes in the long run. So I, yeah, I think that this is it. But for me, what matters the most is to work with people in pain because there is where you really get the juice because they are so overwhelmed with pain, they pay attention. They really, ah, that's it. I've never heard that before. This is it. I can do it. Wow. It just changed it. My pain is gone. My back, my knee, my ankle, something immediately changes because the body responds at that pace. And, uh, and in regards to yoga, I think people are very much accustomed to expect just little results. And we are spoiled. We expect a lot more. We are very, uh, I, I usually, I, I say to my, uh, to my wife, well, you know, I'm, ex I'm spoiled. Universe spoils me. I, it's the right thing. Starting it's the right with a shot in the hip. Exactly. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> right there <laughs> got your attention <laughs> yes in the the right idea the right student the right place beautiful timing in regards to many things and sometimes i face enormous bumps and i think now actually i don't think something's going to go wrong now i just think well there's another upgrade coming because right. this is how it goes so yeah well the two of you thanks a lot for reframing here with me craig this little project of ours i think it's going great today's conversation was very very nice thank you very much Beth. thank, thank you, you for Beth. inviting me it's been a pleasure to um join you guys thanks francisco thank you beth thank you man Thank everybody so else for listening. See you guys. Bye-bye.